This episode is sponsored by Day by Daybook, a guided journal that helps you navigate the ups and downs of change while creating a life you love. For more information on the classic recovery or teen daybook, go to livedaybyday.com. It's all about perspective. When our minds start to play tricks on us and leave us feeling helpless, it's up to us to reframe our thinking and keep our minds in the game. Welcome to Journeys Through Change, a podcast that inspires women to let go of the fear and say yes to possibility. I'm your host, Noelle Van, an author, creator, and empowerment coach who spent years in corporate America helping innovators and leaders ride the waves of change with ease and grace. I now work with women to step into change and unleash the power they have to create a life they love. Whether you're contemplating a change in your career, relationship, health, lifestyle, or anything in between, nothing's off the table. I'll be offering up simple insights to help you manage the ups and downs of change and sharing interviews with successful women who took a leap of faith to create the life they knew they were meant to live, sharing their wisdom, advice, and all the juicy lessons they learned along the way. So get cozy in your favorite comfy chair and let's get started. So in the spirit of sharing our stories, I thought I would take this episode to talk a little bit about some personal changes I recently went through after deciding to move back to California from Austin, Texas in June and highlight eight significant signs that came up along the way, especially during my most anxious moments, that kept me going and confident that I was on the right track. So for those of you who know me personally, you're aware that I tend to make decisions and act on them pretty quickly. Now to some, my timing may strike them as a bit too impulsive. Hi, mom, to say the least. But I can say that I've made some of the most important decisions in my life without really belaboring the what-ifs for too long. And these decisions have seldom steered me wrong. In fact, I would say they've been the beginnings of most of the significant shifts in my life. My decision to get sober, run a marathon, move to the Bay Area, write my book, create my journals, and yes, even host this podcast have all come from listening to my own intuition and taking action. Now, I can't share this without taking you back to 2019 when I decided to leave the Bay Area after living here for 30 years to check out Austin and get the heck out of Silicon Valley. I had been working for Apple for seven years at that point, and had spent a bunch of time in the East Bay in San Francisco before moving to San Jose to get closer to work. Now, I have to say the Bay Area has changed quite a bit since moving out here in 1990, and I was feeling the anxiety and pressure of working in the fast-paced, intense environment of Apple, and I was so ready for a change. So I decided to sell my house in California and move to Austin. I moved there in February 2020, and as luck would have it, a week after I bought my house there, the COVID shutdown began. And by the time I moved, I had been toying with the idea of leaving my corporate job for several years to go into consulting, but was sucked back into investigative work that proved to be even more intense for another two years. And this took me out to Austin and through the pandemic. So in hindsight, it was really great support through some uncertain times. Now, I will say, that being in a new town during lockdown poses its challenges, but I quickly got to know my wonderful neighbors, and I knew a few people who had moved down to Austin with Apple as well. So all was not lost, and I was able to take in what it had to offer. I spent most of my time renovating my new house, finally quitting my nine-to-five job, and while continuing to coach, spent time working on myself, my business, and creating space for this new chapter in my life. I look back on it now as a much-needed hiatus from a life I knew I needed to shake loose from, the daily grind. Suffice it to say, after a few years of 100-plus degree summers, cedar fever, flying cockroaches, crazy politics and gun laws, freakish storms, and energy outages that took the city down 
for weeks at a time during extreme weather, began to wear on me. (laughs) Being away from family was taking its toll. I had once said early on in my move that I would likely never move back to California. It's too expensive, not enough space, wildfires, earthquakes, you name it. I couldn't deny it though any longer. I am simply not a Texas girl after all. And as I miss my family and friends, I realized there was really no place I'd rather be. So in June of this year, I called my realtor and I got the ball rolling. To my surprise, after a few weeks of prep in a housing market that had become somewhat unpredictable, my house sold in a weekend. I actually received an over-asking price, all-cash offer, two hours before the open house even started. Now, I see this as lesson number one. If things are seeming to fall into place, pay attention. You're likely on the right track. The people who bought the house happened to be from my hometown of Chicago, were retired and moving to Texas to be with their son and grandkids. A lovely couple who, after an initial correspondence, told me I could come stay with them at any time if I were to find myself back in the Austin area. I mean, who does that? Seriously, a lovely couple. Sign number two, I have always taken great care of my homes and I have a thing about leaving a space and knowing good energy is coming in. And these new buyers put my mind at ease and I knew I'd made the right decision. In anticipation of the move, I was talking to my neighbor, Martha, a Texas native who had become a friend of mine about driving back. And she shared that she had nieces who lived in California and she would love to join me. All was falling into place. So we left on July 7th and the first two days of the trip went surprisingly smooth with the exception of crossing the Texas panhandle and almost as a final farewell had a storm moving south bearing down on us with 70 mile an hour winds that practically lifted my car off the freeway. As my nervousness began to show, Martha made it very clear to me as I started looking for places to stop that the only way out of this storm was out, encouraging me to keep my foot on the gas. So I gripped the wheel, and after what felt like the longest 20 or so minutes of my life, the sky opened up and we had made our way into New Mexico. Phew, I guess Texas decided to spit me out and let me go. Sign number three. You know you're on the right track when you're graced with an exceptional co-pilot, especially when the journey is long. Also, never underestimate the strength of a Texas native, especially when it comes to the weather. They have truly seen it all and are a pretty good bet when it comes to giving no-nonsense direction in the face of danger. So we spent our second day crossing Arizona, finally landing in the early evening just across the border, landing in Needles, California, a tremendously hot but seemingly benign town that would be our last stop before our final push across the desert on day three to make our way up to Oakland. This is when they say things, well, started to take a turn for the worse. As we pulled into the hotel, I could tell something was off when I immediately felt like I had stepped into an episode of SNL, but not in a good way. Basically, the guy asked me if I was staying at the Roadway Inn or Quality Inn, and depending on my answer, he would go to the right desk. Yes, two desks in one lobby for two hotels. I haven't mentioned Georgie yet, but he's my sweet little schnoodle who is off the charts anxiety. So I had done my very best along the way to get a room that could keep us somewhat separated from the general population, just to keep him from barking at every little sound during the night. So with our 10-hour driving days, sleep was really a high priority. So after this guy makes his way to hotel number one's front desk and goes through an obscene amount of paperwork for something as simple as a one-night stay, He gives us our keys and tells us to drive around the back. And as I pull up to my room, I realize there is a noisy, fenced-in pool area 10 feet from my door with a hot tub full of creepy-looking guys and a few drunk girls. Now, to give you an idea of how sketch this all was, 
There were three big dudes who looked like they had just got back from a day of boating. Lake Havasu is about 30 miles away. Right outside my door, smoking cigarettes and drinking out of a big fat bottle of who knows what. After getting Martha settled in a room at the back of the hotel and out of the party scene, the little feeling of dread came over me as I went back to the front desk to ask for a room change, only to be told that the only dog rooms available were right by the pool. Now, I have to mention, there was a toothless man in what looked to be a maintenance outfit standing next to him, trying to help him out by directing him to find me a better room. I thought he was being helpful, but in hindsight, if I had ended up on a 2020 missing persons episode, he would have definitely been the killer. I got my keys and head back to the room. And in a moment of just suck it up, Noelle, I try to step around this clearly suspect group of characters to get back to my door only to realize the key no longer works. So at this point, I'm not chancing getting locked out of my room with a dog that needs walking at all hours of the night as these folks continue to get more and more loaded. So we decide to find a Hampton Inn five minutes up the road. Now, as we're driving, it's like the fog from our exhaustion is starting to clear and we can see as two single women, this is not really a town we want to spend too much time in. Sign number four. It's always good to know when our instincts are guiding our next steps. And although the energy of the trip had shifted a bit, I figured we were back on track. So we finally get some sleep. And as we get into the car the following morning, all excited to get started, I try to turn the ignition and the engine is dead. I call AAA and much to our surprise, this is not our run-of-the-mill battery charge. Somehow the fuel pump is completely shot. Now this is in a brand new lease, by the way, a trade-in that I made three weeks earlier that had only 400 miles on the car. It's a Sunday, of course, so everything is closed. And since my Subaru is a new lease, it's within warranty. So the only way to fix it is to take it to the nearest dealership in Vegas, which happens to be two and a half hours away. So we had no other choice but to get it towed to the local mobile station. And I'm told to take everything out of my car as I'm crawling around to try to gather up a carload of, well, pretty much everything I own. I lose my car phone somewhere in the process. So now we are stuck in Needles, California, in record desert heat, going up to 120 that day without a working car. I'm without my cell phone and no idea how we're going to get my car to Vegas and still make our way to Oakland within the next day. We were simply left to wrap our minds around spending another day and night in a transient town that felt like it's sitting on the face of the sun. Sign number five, recognize when you start to feel hopeless and keep the energy around you high. All I can say is thank God for Martha. She was so happy to be on this road trip. And as we were lucky enough to find one of her favorite movies, Meet the Fockers, on one of the cable stations, her out loud laughter was so needed and took the edge off a bit as I started to feel more and more anxious by the moment. It was this weird mix of fear being in an unfamiliar, not totally safe place coupled with my momentary lapse of confidence that all was going to be all right. In my mind, I knew I had gotten out of worse spots in the past. And from a logistics standpoint, I had solved more complicated situations than this one. But for some reason, having my neighbor in tow, no transportation, and the big hot desert between me and the safety of home just knocked me off balance. So later that night, I used Martha's phone to call my sister and get a much-needed pep talk about next steps and a virtual shoulder shake to snap me out of it. She reminded me to simply put one foot in front of the other, and that in the grand scheme of things, this may be an inconvenience, but nothing I couldn't handle. Sign number six, it's all about perspective. When our minds start to play tricks on us and leave us feeling helpless, it's up to us to reframe our thinking and keep our minds in the game. 
Needless to say, I was up with the birds at 5 a.m. calling Subaru and getting the ball rolling, lining up a tow truck to pick up my car and drive to Las Vegas as I began to coordinate a rental car. After learning that Needles does not have taxi cabs, period, I was happy when a girl at the front desk excitedly handed me a nice glossy card of a cab company that recently received their certification to drive across state lines from Arizona to pick up fares from time to time in California. This was apparently big news for them, and my golden ticket to get to the Avis car rental, 40 minutes away in Bullhead City. I make the call, and a guy answers the phone as if I'd woken him out of a deep sleep, and in a groggy voice, he tells me that their cab is currently driving a passenger to Phoenix, and I'm sorry, ma'am, but it won't be returning for two more days. He tells me to try Cab C, a company he thought might be able to make the trip, and as I reach this guy, he asks me my hotel and room number. As I tell him, he starts laughing and says there's a girl a few rooms down from me who's getting picked up in 10 minutes at the front desk. I could not believe the odds. I ran down the hallway and was soon in a cab with my new found friend making my way to Arizona. Sign number seven, keep a lookout for turnarounds. Things can happen in a split second that change the way you feel about your luck in any situation and can bring a new sense of gratitude you didn't even see coming. Now, Denise was a sweetheart who was driving with her mom from LA to move to Arkansas to become a teacher when her car broke down in the middle of the desert. As she told me her story, I began to feel so fortunate that our little mishap happened before we even started our trip that morning. After using all of her camping gear to shield them from the blazing sun, a state trooper finally picked them up after two hours and drove them to the hotel. She told me she was a screenwriter, and to add levity to the situation, we laughed about how we had our dogs and passengers safely tucked away in the air conditioning back at the hotel, just shaking our heads at the predicament we were in. Bullhead City Airport was deader than dead on that Monday morning, with the exception of the bustling Avis rental car desk. This thing was amazing, with two chatty employees and a manager who took her job of getting butts in cars very, very seriously. As she handled customers, she barked orders to her back-of-the-house staff over an old walkie-talkie who was pulling up cars as fast as they could. I think she could sense the desperation of the long line of stranded travelers looking for a way out of this brutally hot little town. Denise and I didn't even need to speak. I knew the wheels were spinning and the material for her next screenplay was being created in the moment. We both said our goodbyes and headed back in our cars to the hotel, hoping we could say goodbye before loading up and heading east and west to our final destinations. I made my way back to the mobile station where the kind service attendant, who I swear was no older than 18, had found my cell phone and charged it up for me that morning. His thoughtfulness was so not lost on me. Thank you again, Corey, for all of your help and patience. In record time, I unloaded and reloaded the car, picked up Martha and Georgie at the hotel, and we were on our way. We looked at the clock and it was high noon. The heat of the day was ahead of us, but we were back in the saddle and on our way. Sign number eight. When we feel ourselves digging deep and refocusing on the outcome, we know we are learning and showing ourselves we are capable of facing anything that comes our way. We made it back to Oakland by 8 p.m. that night, and as we settled into our Airbnb, I had no idea that after Martha left the next morning, my adventure on this side of the trip was only just beginning. But even with my movers being delayed by three weeks and my car being stuck in Vegas with little sympathy or help from Subaru, it all worked out in the end and made me realize that no matter what it took to get me here, the good news is I finally landed and I'm beyond excited to start my next chapter back here in California. That's it for now. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Journeys Through Change podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or really wherever you get your podcasts. 
and be sure to follow us and leave a review if you've enjoyed this episode and share it with a friend or on social media to spread the good word so more women like you can find us and join in on the fun. For more information on the podcast or day-by-day book, go to livedaybyday.com.